Guys, today we're going to be in John, and go with me to chapter 14, and I'm going to read verses 15 through 26 in the NIV. But as you go in there, let me give you a little bit of context around what's happening. So Jesus has come to the end of his time and his mission in the earth, and so he's, he's speaking very clearly. Oftentimes his disciples, they wouldn't understand what he's saying. It almost seemed like he was speaking in riddles, but now he's getting straight to the point because he knows he doesn't have a lot of time with them and he needs them to get and understand what he's saying and it needs to be very clear. So he goes from washing their feet, talking about serving leadership. He tells Judas Iscariot that he's going to betray him. He tells Peter that he's going to deny him three times. And then he says, I'm going to leave you guys. So there's a lot of things going on in their mind. And they had a lot of expectations, I think, for Jesus and who he was and what he was going to do. But now they find themselves in this very critical moment. And Jesus is still trying to communicate to him. He's trying to make it clear what's getting ready to happen. And so this is what we're going to pick up here in John chapter 14. I'm going to read verses 15 through 26 in the NIV. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. God, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you that even as we have read it out loud, that is it's moving in our hearts is speaking in the things that maybe we don't even realize in the moment. God, will you unlock those places that we have secured very tightly? Uh, even places maybe in our mind we say we'll never go. Will you come and will you minister into those areas? Will you heal? Will you restore? Will you bring hope? Will you bring wholeness into our lives? Will you bring life? This is our request today. We are asking these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, last week, we ended a series called Discovering Diversity. 
And if you didn't get a chance to hear the series or missed out on some of the parts, I want to please request that you go back and, and listen to them. I think it's very, very powerful, and it's a big part of our assignment and our mission here uh, within the city of Cape Town. But in this particular passage of Scripture last week, I talked about this man named Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch and how these two very different people from two different walks of life, different cultures, they end up interacting with each other. And the Scripture says that it was the Holy Spirit that led Philip into interaction with this Ethiopian eunuch. We see instances like this all throughout the scripture where there's the mention of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit speaking to people and moving and talking and doing different things. And maybe you have read that and you like, who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do? What is his role? What is his contribution into the life of a believer in the earth? Uh, maybe there's just not a lot of clarity. Um, I also have went on my own journey of trying to discover who is the Holy Spirit? What is his role in my life? What, what, when, what do you do? How is Philip, how is he hearing you um, asking for him to go down this road? And so these are all things I want to attempt uh, to have a discussion around and, and, and hopefully lead us into some answers over these next couple of weeks as we jump into a series about the Holy Spirit. But I think it's important that we start off talking about who the Holy Spirit is not. So maybe you come from a, a, a certain spiritual community and your picture of the Holy Spirit has been formed and shaped out of that place. Maybe you have no reference at all. That is okay as well. But I just want to talk about a couple of things really quickly before we jump to the scripture about who the Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit is not a language. Um, sometimes we hear people speaking uh, in a language we call tongues, or some people even say it's a heavenly language. Praise God for it. The scripture encourages us to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. Uh, there is the gift of diverse tongues from the Holy Spirit, but it is not the Holy Spirit. He is not limited to that box of just a language. Uh, thank God for the expression, but he is more than that. He is also not an emotion or feeling. He's not a certain expression. He doesn't long to belong to only a certain group of Christian people, uh, but he is for all of the church and all those who believe in him, and he's not regulated to a, a certain affiliation or, or a group of people. He also, sometimes when we experience the Holy Spirit, we are filled with emotion. We get overwhelmed by his presence, and maybe we express that uh, but he is not a feeling or an emotion. He is not his gifts. He does distribute gifts as he sees fit as we are interacting with people for the building up of his body and to reconcile God's children back into relationship with him. But he is not his gifts. But he loves to give us gifts to be able to, to operate in and to function in. The last thing is he's not a spiritual genie. Right? We don't conjure him up and we get three Christian wishes and there's only certain people who can speak to him and talk to him. We all have access to him, um, but God has given us the spirit. 
He's a part of the, the Godhead, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to help lead and guide us. And I love today that we're starting off talking about the Holy Spirit and the words are coming from Jesus. And he starts off telling the disciples, if you love me, you will follow my instructions. You will obey my commands. If you love me, love is not just words. It's not empty words. It's not just thoughts. It's not an idea. But love requires action. It requires commitment. It requires us being compelled uh, into following the Lord's commandments. And so Jesus is telling them, if you love me, you'll continue to follow my instructions. You'll, you'll, you'll continue to obey what, what I've given you, not out of fear, but out of a place of the dynamics of our relationship together. My hope and my prayer is that my love compels you to, and, and, and it influences you to live in a way that is an expression of who I am. I am happily married. I am also an adult. <laughs> I'm in a, a beautiful covenant relationship with my wife, Kimberly. But we also, we adults in the relationship. I can come home anytime I want to. But it is out of the relationship and my love for my wife that compels me to live my life in a way well, I come home at a reasonable time and hour that honors her, that shows her that I, I, I love her and that I'm committed to her. I don't just do whatever I want to do. <laughs> My love, there is, there is a, a requirement. My love compels me to live my life in a way uh, that expresses it. When I go into the shop to, to, to buy something, I'm thinking about my wife and Kimberly and what she would buy, what she would want, the type of products that she would like to consume. My relationship with her and my love for her is influencing my decision making. It's influencing my actions. It's influencing my life. It has formed and shaped my thinking and my heart and how I am expressing it. This is what Jesus is telling the disciples He's saying in this time that maybe some of you, you're thrown off by what I'm saying. If you love me, you'll follow my instructions. You'll live your life in a way that is an expression of who I am. And then he says, don't worry. I know maybe some of you have some concerns around what I'm saying right now. But I'm going to make a request to the Father for you. And the Father is going to send you an advocate. In another version, it says a helper who's going to come and he's going to support you and he's going to help you work through life and through even this trying time right now. Maybe you feel isolated. Maybe you feel alone, but he's going to come and he's going to make a case for you. He's going to support you. And this is not temporary help. This is help for eternity. He's going to come and he's going to help you for forever. For forever. I'm not going to leave you to yourself, but I've already made provision for this moment. I made provision for this time. Maybe you're wearing and you're afraid and you're fearful, but I'm not going to leave you. I'm making a special request to the Father 
for the advocate to come, for the helper to come. He even says he is the spirit of truth. Early on, we see Jesus say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he's saying the spirit, the Holy Spirit, is also the spirit of Christ. It's my spirit that I'm going to give to you that is accurate, that is precise, that is going to lead and guide and give direction and give clarity and fogginess. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you into truth. It's going to lead you into me. It's going to point you to me. Jesus is saying, I'm going to make a request. And he's going to help you. He's going to support you. He's going to be an advocate for you. Don't allow the emotion of the moment to make you feel like you're alone. Then he goes on to say, but the world won't understand. Society won't understand who the Holy Spirit is. It will sound like foolishness to them. It'll sound like a fictitious story. You're talking about a spirit, a, 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 a ghost? What, what do you mean? <laughs> it says they won't understand because they can't see him. And they won't know him. They won't be able to receive. They won't be able to accept. And so you, as a believer, because you believe in me, you're going to have access to something that the world won't understand. So when you're trying to explain and share with people about this promise that you've been given about me leading you and guiding you and you, my presence still being in your life, it won't make sense to them. It will sound like foolishness. But you know him. He's been in the earth from the beginning of days since the creation and since the beginning of time. It was the same spirit that hovered over the waters when the earth was dark and was void. The spirit that you've seen partner with me in miracles and, and healing people and raising people from the dead. You've seen the movement of the spirit. You know him. You felt him. You've experienced his presence. This is the spirit that I'm going to give you, that I'm promising you, that is already dwelling amongst us. You're going to understand and you're going to see, but the world is not. They're not going to understand. They're not going to know what's going on. When my wife, uh, when my wife, me and Kimberly, we were, were married, we were early on in our, in our beginning years of our marriage, and we did long distance for like a year. I mean, we got married in a couple of days. I was off to a, a, a conference. I was coaching American football at the time. So we would see each other once a month. So not a great start. We grinded it out, but we felt like it was the time and the season for us to come together in covenant and stand before God and, and, and move forward. But we were also trying to get closer in proximity. So we had talked about uh, Kimberly relocating to where I was. I was going to continue to keep coaching. And so we're looking all over the place. But I was working in, this, in, a, in a small city. It was a university town. So there were some other bigger cities close by, maybe three hours, an hour away. So we were looking, looking for opportunities, connecting with people, asking them did they know anybody. And so we basically on this journey of searching for Kimberly a job for about a, for about a year. And we're disappointed. Nothing is happening. No opportunities are opening up. And so you can imagine as a young couple who's wanting to be together, be together, <laughs> 
we were getting a little discouraged. <laughs> and then finally, there was some breakthrough. There was a town, it would have been like a 45 minute commute for Kimberly to drive every day. And we said, man, praise God. <laughs> breakthrough has come. And so sounds like a great opportunity, looks like a great opportunity. There was just one thing. We had not yet actually prayed about it. We had not yet invited God into our, our problem solving. I think just logically in our minds, we were like, yeah, we're married. Why wouldn't God want us to be closer together? Let's just look for something. And it, it, like, it just makes sense. And in the moment, we said, we must also pray about this. We can't just use our, our, our logic. God does give us wisdom. But let's actually pray and let's ask the Lord. And as we pray, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the advocate, the helper, the spirit of truth began to speak to us. And he said, this is not it. This is not the opportunity that Kimberly should step in. Looks good, smells good, sounds good, but this isn't it. And although we were disappointed by what we were hearing from the Holy Spirit, it was very clear. We, yeah, we were wrestling why we were wrestling with it, but we heard the voice of the Spirit very clear. And so we were, we were grieved that we would have to keep looking and keep moving. We didn't, we didn't really understand what it meant. We just knew that she wasn't supposed to move forward with this opportunity. And so now we're beginning to communicate this with our friends, with some family, with people who have no idea about <laughs> the Holy Spirit. So when we communicated with them, hey, we prayed about it. This is what we feel the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. They were like, this sounds foolish. This sounds silly. What do you mean? This is what you've been working for. This is what you've been looking for for over a year. <laughs> now you're telling me she's not going to take the opportunity because you've heard from some spirit, some Holy Spirit. The world will not understand because they cannot see him and they don't know him. Me and Kimberly, we knew him. We had seen him not only operate in other people's lives, but also in ours. It was very clear for us that this wasn't the thing for us to do, but there would be no understanding from some of the people and the family members around us. It just didn't make sense. This is what Jesus is communicating with the disciples. Don't be discouraged when I'm leading you and I'm guiding you. You're trying to explain stuff to people and they don't understand. My Holy Spirit, you can receive it and you can accept it, but everybody else is not going to understand it. He goes on to tell them, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You're not going to be like a child that doesn't have any parents. You're not going to be left to try to figure this thing out on your own and you're trying to figure out your next steps and what you need to do next. I'm going to send you help. I'm going to send you support. I'm going to send you an advocate who's going to give you clarity, who's going to help you understand what I'm saying and what I'm doing. And even right now in the moment, you, you, you're so worried about the loss 
and this expectation that you had that you maybe not even able to receive, but you're not going to be alone. And maybe you're out there and you're watching today. The Lord has not left you by yourself. But he's given you an advocate. He's given you a helper. He's given you the spirit of Christ to come and help support you in what you are doing and how you're moving as you are loving him and living out his instruction for your life. He says, the world is not going to see me in a little bit, right? I'm going to leave the earth. I'm physically present with you guys right now, but that won't always be the case. And actually, through this physical body, there's actually a limitation because I can only be at one place in one time in this human body, but the Holy Spirit is going to be able to be in multiple places with multiple people. It's actually going to be better for you that I go. But the world won't see me anymore, but you will see me because of my spirit. He's going to give you eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to understand what I'm saying and what I'm doing. You will know me and you will see me because of my spirit that you are going to receive. And when this happens, you'll begin to understand, right, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Those who have seen me have seen the Father. And when you believe in me, I am in you and you are in me and my spirit will connect us. My spirit is, 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 is the link that's going to connect us, that's going to allow you to continue to experience and feel and hear my presence and know what I want for your life and actually help you to live out the instructions that I've given you to help you to obey my commands. It's actually not possible in your own strength, but the spirit is going to give you clarity. The spirit of truth is going to point you back to who I am and how I've lived my life. And it's going to help you be an expression of me in the earth. So he's sharing this with the disciples and he's trying to break this thing down and help them understand you're not alone. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. I may not physically be here, but I'm going to be with you and I'm going to give you something much greater that you're going to experience in your life that's going to be beautiful and it's going to impact so many more people. Over this last week, um, I've just been reflecting on uh, my father. He passed in, in 2012. And some of the lessons, some of the instructions, some of the commands that he has given me throughout my life as a young boy all the way up into my adulthood. And I was just thinking, what are some of the most impactful things that he has said to me, that he has instructed me in? And one was around generosity. I've seen it lived out first, and then I've seen it, it, it spoken as a confirmation. My father was one of the most generous people that I've ever seen in my life. From childhood to adulthood, I can just remember there would be people with us when we were eating meals, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Uh, they never had to come out of their pocket. There was never somebody that, that, that had to go home because there wasn't enough. If you were with our family, you were included into the family. 
whether we were at a restaurant, whether we were at home, whatever, we made enough for whoever was there. They participated in the meal with us. And it wasn't because we were wealthy. <laughs> it was because my father was generous. And I saw this generosity lived out, not only with, with our resources and our money, but also with his time. He was an electrician by trade, and because people knew this in the community, oftentimes when he would come home, he would get a call after he got home from work, would be tired, man, just dirt all, <laughs> all over him, and he would get this call to come help somebody out. And there wouldn't even be a debate. There wouldn't be any hesitancy. He would hop in his truck. He would ask me, did I want to go? I'd hop in the truck with him, and we would drive to this person's house, and he would begin to help them fixing whatever that they needed. My mom would get upset <laughs> because she's like, why are you always helping people and giving people your time? But that's who he was. And as children, we never missed a beat. We didn't lack because he was being generous. There was an overflow in his life that was so expansive. He would just, gener generosity just flowed everywhere he went in every aspect of his life. And I'll never forget when I got old enough to understand. So first I saw the picture, but now he's given me instruction. Now he's given me a command. He says, whenever there's an opportunity to give and be generous, you do it. You use whatever the Lord has given you to be able to serve people. To serve people, you do it. And it's that command, it's that instruction that I have not forgotten. This relationship with my father was a relationship where I love him and love him very much. And so I remember his instruction and I'm compelled by love to live out the words that he's spoken into my life around generosity. His words and his life have shaped and formed how I live my own. It's shaped and formed my thinking and my heart around generosity. So I am compelled by love for him out of this relationship that I want to do the same. I want to live in these instructions that he's given me so I live generously also with my time, with my resources, with my, with my finances. And as I'm living this out and people see me who know my father, they would say, you, you, you look like your father. The spirit of your father is on the inside of you. Even to the point where they would say you physically look like your dad. Several years ago, I ran into a, 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 one of his co-workers and he broke down in tears because he says, you look just like your father. So I'm not just talking about a physical image, but I'm actually talking about what my father carried. The spirit of my father lives on in me, and as I'm generous, it's being expressed. This is what Jesus is communicating with the disciples. He's saying, I am in the father, the father is in me. When you believe in me, 
I am in you, you are in me, and my spirit is going to be expressed in your life. This is what's going to happen. The disciples, they're still a little confused. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, says, but why are you going to show yourself to us, but not to the world? This doesn't make sense. We thought you were the Messiah. We think you are the Messiah, the chosen one, the one who's going to come and free us from the Roman government and this oppression that we're living in. Why would you not show yourself to the world? We've seen you perform miracles. We've seen you heal people. We've seen you raise people from the dead. What do you mean? Wasn't this the plan that, that you, would, you would step into your kingship and that we would rule and reign beside you? We, we, it's, it's unclear. So Judas is asking a question that, that maybe all the other disciples are thinking. And Jesus again says, those that love me will obey my instructions. They'll follow my instructions. They will obey my commands. And it almost seems like Jesus is dodging the question. It's like, can you just answer the man straight? <laughs> but Jesus is communicating something here. Jesus' kingship wasn't going to be forced on people. Those that believed in him, those that were willing to follow his instruction, those that were willing to be obedient to his commandments, he said, these are the ones that, that love me. These are the ones that have a desire for me to be in their life, to govern their life, to be king of their life. These are the ones that I'm going to come and I'm going to make my home in them. So it wasn't a kingship and a governance that was forced, but it was one where there was an openness. There was a receptiveness. There was a, a, a love that was being expressed through listening and falling through and obeying his words. He said, these are the individuals that I'm going to come and I'm going to make my home and I'm going to do this through my spirit. Through my Holy Spirit. Men have made temples. Men have made tents. Men have made all kind of places for us to come and to dwell in and to make our home in. But no longer will we do that in tents and in temples. But now we're going to do it in these jars of clay that we've created within man and woman, within humanity, we're going to come and we're going to make a home in you. So he's telling the disciples, I am in the Father, the Father's in me. When you believe in me, when you love me, when you follow my church, you are in me and I'm in you. And the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to make his home in you. He begins to also tell them, the Holy Spirit is going to help you. The Holy Spirit is not only going to be an advocate, the Holy Spirit is not only going to be the spirit of truth in your life, 
but the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of what I'm saying. He's going to remind you of the things that are being communicated now. I'm saying these things here now, but there's going to be a day and a time that I'm going to be gone. Maybe even right now, you're even having difficulty hearing what I'm saying because of all of the, the, the drama that's going on. But when I'm gone, the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of the words that I'm speaking. He's going to mentor you. He's going to teach you. He's going to continue to keep building up on the instructions that I've given you. He's going to help you live out this life. He's going to help you be formed and shaped into my image and who I am. One of the, the most sacred times uh, of my day is early in the morning. I love getting up when everybody's asleep. The sun hasn't come up yet. It's quiet in the house. And I get to a place in our house and I open up the scripture. And I begin to invite the Holy Spirit. Will you come? Will you teach me? Will you help me understand what I'm reading? Will you show me what it is that you're saying through these individuals that you have inspired to write the word, the words of the, the prophets, the words of, of, of these individuals within the story. Will you remind me of the words of Christ? Will you help me to become more like you? Will you support me? Will you help me? Will you assist me? Will you remind me of the words of Jesus? And this is my, my encouragement and my prayer for us today. That we would realize that we're not alone. That God has not left us to figure out life, to figure out how we move in our faith. He's not left us in fogginess. He has not abandoned us to ourselves. We are not orphans but he's given us an advocate. He's given us a helper. He's given us support. He's given us the spirit of truth that will lead us into all truth. Man, I pray that wherever you find yourself at today, that this reality, I think, will impact you, but also will bring you comfort and that Jesus has already made provision for you with everything that you, that's happening in your life. Won't you open up your heart and believe in him and allow the helper, allow his spirit to come and make his home in you. I want to pray with you today. God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for conversations like this that happen in Scripture where you're sharing some very intimate things. We thank you that we also get to receive from this conversation that happened, man, years and years ago. God, let it be a reminder to us wherever we find ourselves at that you haven't left us alone, you haven't abandoned us, but you love us and you, and you care for us. You, you want to continue to commune with us. You want to continue to have relationship with us. God, you want to help us 
live out your instructions and your commands, and you've given us your spirit to do that. God, in this moment, may he bring comfort. May he also bring conviction. Maybe there's some of us and we are, we haven't been, we say we love the Lord, but our lives don't line up with our words. We haven't followed his commands. We haven't followed his instructions. May the Holy Spirit bring conviction in this moment. May we repent and turn from our ways that are not like Christ. And may we align ourselves to what he has spoken. Holy Spirit, remind us of what Jesus has spoken. Remind us how we ought to live our lives. Holy Spirit, remind us and help us have strength, the baby, to live out the expression of Christ in the earth. It's my prayer for us today, God. We thank you. We love you. We ask all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you watching today as well. I mentioned that the Holy Spirit has been here from the beginning of time. He helps us to understand our need for Jesus in our life. And maybe you feel something in the moment. You feel a prompting. You just feel like, ah, there's something that's missing in my life. That's the Holy Spirit helping you call on the name of Jesus. Go ahead and speak his name. Jesus. Jesus. God, I thank you that it's this, this individual, this group of people calling on your name, that you're meeting them right where they're at, that you love them, that you care for them, that you've been with them from the beginning of time, the highs, the lows, the struggles, the challenges. And in this moment, you want relationship with them. You want to continue to help lead and guide them. God, will you be Lord over their life? We pray that and we pray that you seal what is happening through your tangible presence right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.